It's another schedule change for the Patriots. Their game against the Broncos, which was originally rescheduled for tomorrow night, has now been moved to next Sunday at 1 p.m. after a third Patriots player defensive tackle, Byron Coward, tested positive for COVID-19 late last night. Fourth edition of USA Fiesta. Unfortunately, we should be coming off a a game against Denver, but due to another COVID test, we are not, and we are here talking through COVID, the NFL, and we're on a bye, so it's really the bye week episode here. But just trying to lay down some thoughts on on everything that's happened in these last couple of weeks, because every week we think we're done talking about COVID and we're going to play a game. We're not, so here we are. Uh, does anybody have an immediate thought here about the NFL, about COVID, about whatever, what we've had to deal with these past few weeks? We knew it was going to happen. Everyone didn't want to admit that it would happen, but it's, it, it was going to happen at some point to some team. What, it just sucks that it was going to uh, happen in the past. Well, comparatively to the Titans, we're not, we're not, but yeah, it's weird because, you know, like when you're not in a bubble, when you're not, you're not the NBA, when you're not the NHL and those run so smoothly. I mean, it happens. The ML, it happened with the MLB. I mean, they've had, multiple tests but hopefully like the mlb they'll get through it and they'll be able to reschedule and i mean we've got the alcs just included game one and we got the nlcs tonight so hopefully that's where the nfl is headed i'm not too worried about the actual outcome of the season but as far as our our own personal bubble of being patriots fans it matters for us a ton um is i think my main takeaway is we got snubbed of a bye week that's how i feel about it like they were so prepared to play this game maybe and go into a bye week. And now we don't really have a bye week. We have to practice. Like we practiced last week for some part, but we also were expecting a game. Whereas this week we still have to expect a game after, if that makes any sense. No, that makes sense. Like a, a traditional, a traditional bye week. Like you don't have to do anything. Usually the guys go back home to their families and, you know, relax for a week, take football off, just do whatever. But now they have no chance to do that. They have to turn right back around and play football. I certainly think Denver got the worst of it because Denver was actually practicing all week, whereas New England, didn't even, yeah. New England didn't even go into the into the facility. They were just busy trying to get rid of the virus. So De- Denver definitely got the short end of the stick on that. I'll say this, though. I'm sick of players who are against playing teams that have COVID being bitter about games getting rescheduled or moved. Like it's so annoying for players uh, who Melvin Gordon, right? He was like, we practiced all week for this. I'm sorry. You know what? It sucks. This like, you did sign up for it. You knew like this was going to have to happen. So it sucks that you don't have to play, but you know what definitely does. It sucks a little less is playing the possibly COVID written pats and getting a disease and bring that home to who knows in your family or whatever like i mean come on be realistic here you can't just be like how is this our problem we should play the game anyway how about the fact that they get two weeks to prepare for this game and we get pretty much yeah yeah exactly they haven't played since thursday last week. i mean what's there to to complain about you get two weeks to prepare as a competitive advantage right yeah but now all these these fans are now pissed off that they're like oh well now they get cam newton back Oh, okay. If you have two weeks to prepare for it and you still Deal can't win, you're, you're a bad team. End of story. Right. So I don't want to hear it. So I just, for the, as far as the NFL, it's just, 
I want to know like what's going to constitute for a game being postponed or moved the following week because they've been because they've been inconsistent so far. Completely, that's it's, been the most annoying thing mm-hmm. is that that's what pressure. You know, like look look at last week. Last week it was fine. We COVID test forty eight hours before the game. They say play on. Uh, no one else is tested, and then we come out with another COVID test. Same thing this week is literally almost a carbon copy of this of of the that same story. 48 hours before COVID test, the NFL postponed. Well, they moved it to Monday, but then postponed. So, I mean, like like I was saying last week, I think the caliber of the player matters. I think the caliber of the team matters. Would would they rather have uh, Patriots Chiefs play on, or was Broncos Chiefs or Broncos Chiefs was Patriots Chiefs expendable and able to say, you know what, we'll move that since we're we're close to England's bye week. I I can't help but think. I wonder if the Patriots players like threaten to not play this game after they after current the, current said yeah, there was absolutely. that general were, they were. yeah that's what that's kind of what I'm saying is like what if the players are like no we're not doing this again and we want we want to be safe and they threaten to not play and I'm sure and I'm willing to bet Kraft back them up on that one oh I, I bet so so yeah, I maybe maybe that's what pushed it off because because remember the first report that came out was that the NFL plan to keep the, to go on with the game. Mm-hmm. And then it got postponed. So I have a it makes a lot of sense that I bet those players just didn't want to play and they threatened a boycott or whatever. Yeah, in order, I think it was Schefter said the plan is for the game to still go on. And then it was like Curran came out and said, I have the general feeling that this team is not going to play. And then you had, you know, James White was tweeting about it and some other players making comments on it. But then it was like, and then a couple hours later, game has been moved. So yeah, that's a, I mean, that's a great, that's a great theory. Them, them boycotting protesting not forfeiting whatever you want to call it the game and then um the nfl just saying like that's a terrible look that'd be an awful look for them so they had really they really had no choice but to just move it to, at to that move point it, yeah so i mean i get it like the, the players don't want to play they don't feel safe i get it i also think that i mean they, i get like i said last episode they knew this was going to happen i had i because i'm on I feel for both sides on this because I I feel for the NFL because they this is they this was their plan and they, and everyone agreed to it. I also feel for the team because this is a this the situation changes every day and new stuff comes out every day and it's just stuff you can't prepare for and so you're gonna feel like okay this is isn't safe they you should be extra cautious about it and the NFL is just not willing to do that. Yeah, I mean it. it it's tough. I hate people who like take sides. The the people that will take the NFL side and be like, you get out there and you're playing a child's game, you million dollar athlete, baby. I hate those people. But then, I mean, there is a level of, it's just, it, it's hard to try to old take exposed people on COVID because it completely changes every day. And there's a lot of um, things that can happen that no one would even think of or couldn't really couldn't prepare for. So while you can say the NFL wasn't prepared, you can also kind of grant them some kind of uh, some grace here and be like, well, I mean, how much could they really prepare for this stuff? While there's a million things they, they they did wrong, so I'm with you, Jacob. I mean, I feel for both sides more more the players, if anything, because of when stuff comes out like this Casey locker room thing where they denied them permission, and then like they come up, they pop up with a COVID test. It's hard to feel any kind of sympathy for the NFL and not feel for the players when that stuff happens. Especially when the NFL wants to then release these different guidelines saying there'll be punishments if you have different breakouts. Like it's not like teams are now we don't know what's going on with Tennessee they're actively going off and breaking all these different types of protocols without practicing but like if teams are just maintaining distance 
uh, doing everything that they're, they're supposed to be doing and still getting this because the NFL is forcing them to do it, it's going to look really bad for the NFL. Um, I'm, I, they're going to do this to the Pats at some point where they're going to be like, oh, you had a COVID test, we'll take away your second round pick and find them a million dollars and suspend Gilmore for the first eight weeks of the game for <laughs> going to dinner with Cam Newton. and th- Losing th- draft picks over COVID would be so crazy. Th- th- that would be ridiculous. I, I mean, Tennessee, prob- Tennessee probably Tennessee will. Might. Tennessee they- probably will. They may, they may lose Mike Vrabel for the rest of the right, year. Right, right. They kind of should. We need a tight end. Put Vrabel back at tight end. Can we take Jonu Smith from them if the whole team gets suspended? I'll, I'll take him. <laughs> it's like the thing is with the – because the team doesn't think – like per reports, the team doesn't think it's spreading through the facility. It's just that Cam got it from wherever he was. He passed it on to Gilmore at dinner. And then they feel they said uh, Gilmore passed it to Byron Coward in the Chiefs locker room. It's like – well, I like I said. Well, I feel for the players there. They also kind of brought it in themselves with that, because I mean, well, I mean, I, I know accidents happen with this COVID stuff. You can't completely prevent it, but if you're being super careful and you're staying home, like you probably shouldn't get it. And I don't feel like Cam was was probably careful enough. And even I kind of I blame the team a little bit for this too. Is that if they knew Gilmore was with Cam Newton at dinner, why'd you put him on the plane to Kansas City if he was a high risk? Well, well, I'm pretty sure they sent two planes, one with all regular people, and then they had a second plane with like people that were in contact with Cam Newton for the past few days. Yeah. And I think he was on the second one. So I think he was. Yeah, he was. But like, but still, I don't understand yeah. the point. The point of risking it, like, because you know how the how this small Chiefs locker room is or whatnot. I know they asked for more room and they didn't. They didn't get it. But it's just if he if he's that high risk and you're that worried about it, you gotta keep. You just gotta keep well, him like, home. For all you know, it's such a vague thing because it's such a weird virus that, like, you could get it from literally anywhere. Like, for all you know, everyone didn't have it until they landed at the airport in Kansas City. And then, like, an airplane worker came and accidentally coughed in their direction. He had it. And then it just spread like that. It's like, impossible to tell where it's it comes from. It's impossible to tell where it started, who gave it to who. For all we know, Patrick Mahomes had it but is now testing negative for it. And he gave it to Gilmore. So, you can't really place blame on someone because unless you're going out and full on licking poles and eating gum off the sidewalks, you can place blame when the Tennessee is practicing when they were told not to, that's the yes. stuff you can place blame for. But like, but if you, I don't think you can say a dinner is like, Oh, doc, I'm a draft pick or doc, I'm this. Well, yeah, that's I'm not saying that. No, because you can be six feet apart at dinner. Right. I'm not saying they should be punished. I'm just saying, I don't, I don't agree with their decision to put Gilmore on the plane. If they knew, uh, he went out to dinner with Cam Newton, who, who tested positive. Yeah, no, I so, didn't understand I mean, that either. I get- like, yeah, let's put high-risk people on an airplane and still right. go and play a football game when we think they could have been in contact with Exactly, and, and I don't want to – I don't have sympathy for the team if they're going to complain about not being safe when they did that because that was also an unsafe decision as well. So, again, like I said, I'm on both sides. Both sides have been right and wrong for different reasons. It's just – it's a sucky situation. As long as you're not those people that think that the Patriots should have to forfeit the season because someone got COVID. I think that's the right the lowest form of, of human intelligence is anyone who thinks that the Patriots and the the Titans are in the same side of the Venn diagram because that is two almost completely different situations and how from what we know, from what we know, how, well, how they've been handled. And it just shows shows people's hate when they say things like Oh, they should be find this. They should have. They're ruining the NFL season. 
oh my god, this and whatever. Or the people that say they should just go out and play with the virus. Oh, you it's like, oh, it's like, equally as bad. <laughs> equally as bad that are like, well, if they're asymptomatic, why don't you just play 99.7? The amount of times I've seen a no-profile picture say 99.9% uh, survival rate is absurd. I was just going to say that. It's, it's these people without profile pics nope. are the biggest assholes on the internet. It's like, yeah, let's just put these players out there and if they get sick, they get sick. If they bring it home to their family and someone gets sick and dies, oh, so be it. It's like the flu. You got to deal with it. It's like, no, just because like, because you don't want to wear a mask in public doesn't mean you got. it's okay to let people, let other people get sick and have their family members die because you don't want to wear a mask. It's like, it's those people that piss me off i have to go work at the right aid cashier why does it why does stefan gilmore not have to play football that that you're not you're not equals sorry it's, you're not equals it's not the same thing like not, grow up yeah grow up uh but as far as um as far as prep we really are getting completely docked of a bye week here and i i just feel like there's an, a sense of just like uh, i don't know what the, even what the word i'm looking for is just like dismay or frustration from the whole team. And I feel like that just doesn't like translate well. Like I'm, I'm worried this team is just like so overly pissed at the NFL. Cause I mean, all of them, when you see Patriots players start tweeting and start saying and making comments that are divisive and derogatory, you know, that it's bad because you bad. never see that. I feel like it's always the McCordy's too. It is. You're right. I mean, when the, in the preseason, um, they had their whole thing. And then of course, Jason with the, I think pretty spot on take there, which we can probably dive more into with Brandon coming up here. But it's but like, but, it's like not like the NFL is like going to punish the McC- Like the McCordy's are big in like the NFL PA. They're big in a lot of the, the public stuff for the players. So like the NFL had to realize that this was coming. So you can't really fault the players for being mad about being forced to play a game where they had to fly across the country the same day that they were going to play while they were infested by a worldwide pandemic disease. Um, so, like, they can't really fault the players for being upset. Knowing the NFL, they will fault the players for being upset, <laughs> but they, they shouldn't. Another thing that we can't fault, and we can say it every week, someone gets COVID, but you, if you were one of those people that said that the six six players that we had opt out, six is the eight. number? Eight. The eight players we had opt out. If you were one of those people that was uh, complaining about them or calling them cowards or being like, you're scared to play. I mean, they are so ahead of it, and you have nothing but to say they were right, and that was the, that was the correct decision for them. Like Najee Torn is looking like Albert Einstein, right? <laughs> correct decision to play, correct decision not to play, because clearly it wasn't something that was, well, the NFL has these policies in place and they can they can prevent COVID because COVID's getting in. So if you were someone that is a, has a high risk factor or a reason, like every single one of the eight people that we had opt out, then no fault there. And you cannot you cannot fault them in at, at any at any point for that decision. It ceases to amaze me how clueless some people are. It's unreal. One thing about the McCordys and or whoever's like asking for change, like what do they what exactly do they want change in the protocols? Like I wish they would tell us that. Like this is what they want done. This would make them feel better. This, like, you know what I mean? I don't feel like it. I think it's more of a sense of like um to something they care about their players to care about the players because mccordy uh jason mccordy said that he was like the people that are making the decisions they're not having to walk in the building and they don't care about us they care about them and like i've said here 
on, on like last episode or whatever. It's all about the bottom line. It that that is always what it comes down to for the NFL. And I think that that decision was clearly made when they said Kansas City was okay to play, and Denver wasn't. That was a bottom line decision. That decision did not have to do with anything. It wasn't about practice. It wasn't about prep. It was it was getting the best product they could and having the best look they could. So I feel like that's the kind of stuff that the McCordys are saying they want changed or they want um, adjusted a sense of care because not once has the NFL between concussions, anything ever showed a sense of care for player safety. Now, see, like I said earlier this week, I said, do they even care about the people that are making the money? Like they can't make money unless the players are healthy doing their jobs you know, playing good football because then ticket sales won't happen. Like Jersey merchandise, all that stuff won't happen. Like you're just creating a bad look for your league right now. And things have got to change. You've got to start to care more about the players. And like you said, Grant, there's got to be a bottom line where they either play or they don't play. Like I, I compare it because Cam Newton tested positive on a Saturday. So one day before the Kansas City game. And then you had a test positive two days before the Broncos game. Or one day, I can't remember. But either way, like you cancel one game and you just play another game. It's all about the market. It's all about the view counts and everything like that. So it's all profit right now, and it shouldn't be. It should be about player health. It'll take. Well, I think to, to follow that up, the NFL doesn't really care about how they look. They stopped caring <laughs> a decade plus <laughs> a, years ago. When did Roger Goodell get in office? <laughs> all they care about is profit. They money, they money, money. Want, they just want more pe- players to be playing the games at a prime time thing that's monday night football tuesday night football thursday night football soon to be wednesday night football hey tuesday night football is sweet i'm excited barring that's still played probably um, by the time this comes out but barring anyway, that's played but they, they it's gonna get played the nfl is not gonna pass up the opportunity to lose tuesday night football to lose um, josh allen on primetime tv i mean that is a household guy like that is the face the upcoming face of the league you don't want to miss him on television all right jacob Ooh. cut that cut that part <laughs> But no, the NFL doesn't – after the NFL just denied science in 2014 and they're just denying, denying science, science again, again. The, the NFL is like the church <laughs> in the 1400s, right? Like they're so focused on the Bible and what the Bible says and their religion that they don't this even so want to listen took, to any this science. This took a weird turn. What was the- <laughs> you know what I'm talking about though, right? Like yes. the, the argument between science and, and religion – the NFL is the Christian church right now, like and, and Goodell is the Pope, and the people that want to stand up for the Pats, or stand up for, to, against the NFL, are the people that are in form of, uh, are talking about science, like the people that know that uh, balls deflate when it is cold outside, and that sicknesses spread when you play football games. Um, the NFL is just oblivious to that, completely oblivious, and they don't care. Thank God that we don't do jersey swaps this year because now that is that is eliminated the risk of COVID exponentially. Can you imagine how many players would have COVID if we were jersey swapping after games? You see what the silver lining is to all of this is that still no opposing teams have gotten the virus from like a team that tests positive. That is well, the Raiders, uh, some well, Raiders all, linemen had it. For all we know, for all we know, like we haven't had like well, and we can we can also test this after. Um, the Bills game. God forbid the Bills get COVID. Um, <laughs> no, no, it will break Grant's heart more than the Patriots getting it. <laughs> no, just like, well, not not to wish illness on people, but there's certain people that would it would it would affect me a little bit more. <laughs> but yeah, like I mean, 
barring what we've seen so far, I mean, we there hasn't been like an outbreak. Like where three players on New England have it, they play someone and three players and it breaks out there. Four. Whatever. Four. Gilmore Newton. Bill Burmill. Byron Coward and the Bill Ghost Sorry. Yeah, oh yeah, Bill I forgot Murray. about him. But like the like the Vikings still haven't gotten a positive test since playing the Titans. Like I also heard a rumor that the Chiefs had a strength and conditioning coach that tested positive, but no one really wants to talk about that. Yeah, I don't know I if that's true or not, too. but I know they had a practice squad quarterback who tested positive. The dude was but, yeah, but I haven't heard of that since. But yeah, but everyone was really wanting to tweet the picture of Gilmore and and uh, Mahomes. <laughs> yep, uh, strength and conditioning coach. Strength and conditioning coach test positive two days ago. That sucks. If anything, heaven forbid Gilmore touched him. Coaches. <laughs> Beat him up. See, see, we're just we're just we're just gearing up with guys with COVID, and Belichick's going to send them out to our biggest opponents. And just well, see what this silver lining again: herd immunity. Our best players are getting COVID, so sooner or later, when it comes playoff time, we ain't got to worry about Cam getting COVID. We ain't got to worry about Gilmore getting COVID. That's herd immunity, baby. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully that works with COVID. We don't. There's no real just inject yeah, everyone with the virus. So we don't, we don't, we don't exactly know if that happens like, yet. when we when we clinch just in. Get them all. <laughs> 99.9% survival rate. <laughs> I love that. Everybody loves that. Yeah, that's why we should have everyone get sick and just move on with our lives. Oh, my God. People are so stupid. All right. So we welcome on our first ever guest. Uh, it is Brandon from – how do you say your name? That's actually my first question is how – when you tell people your account's name, what do you say it as? Every time I've been on a podcast, I get asked that. But usually I just say – Patriots of the one, honestly. Okay. So Brandon from Patriots of the one. <laughs> um, probably I'd say the most notable Patriots fan page, right? Like, I mean, at this point, it's not really like any, I think that's, I think that's fair to say you can be humble, but I think that's fair to say you're the most notable. It's debatable, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So first things first. The Pats, COVID, that's been really all we've been able to really talk about this week. That's that's what this this bye week has been. How do you think, as far as the Pats, how do you think the NFL has handled that? And do you think that Pats fans have a right to be upset about the way the NFL has handled COVID? Kind of tricky because, personally, I'm not the biggest COVID expert in general. I try to stay, too, I try to stay far away from all that type of stuff. But it all just... With the way they test and how you have to wait time, it can be all sort of sketchy like that in a way. And I don't know who can be positive, but it does seem like the way they handled the Kansas City game anyways and how Cam tested positive and then had a couple more a few days later, that does seem a little reckless on their end, you could say. Maybe they could have postponed it, mixed up the bye weeks like they did just this past Sunday. And But I, w- I would understand people's frustration anyways on that end of it. Do you think since they canceled on the Kansas City game, or that they didn't cancel on the Kansas City game, that it made it like hypocritical to cancel or postpone the Denver game? I thought a little bit, yeah, honestly. Just <laughs> especially because like there was such a more short term thing. Like Cam just tested, I guess, two days before the game and then or a day before the game, and then they moved it again. But in this case, you know, they had they had more time, and then, but they ended up canceling it. But yeah, I mean, with Coward, he, I, I think it was the same like hours. It was, it was, it felt like twenty four to forty hours before the game. 
they tested it, it, yeah. it got moved. no consistency so, right there was there's such a lack of consistency to do that and i feel yeah. like we, we've talked about it a lot on here but like with with it being the chiefs versus the broncos like it, it to be a to be a pat's conspiracy theorist and say that you want to get the Broncos game moved and you'd want to put the Chiefs game on television. It feels like that's what kind of happened there. That's yeah, that's honestly a fair point, honestly, when you think of it. <laughs> the NFL hates us. The NFL hates us. Current is still going on about how the about how the team pushed to have this rescheduled. Because because of what happened against KC, they didn't want to do it again. That's what current's been going on about. But it's so Tom Curran, so yeah, I don't doubt yeah, it. Yeah, take that with a grain of salt. I don't doubt right. I, I I'm with you on that, but I don't completely uh, rule it out if the team. I mean, because it sounds like the team wasn't very happy with what happened in KC, especially with the locker room and all that crap. It's just it wouldn't surprise me one bit if that's what happened, and it would it would be nice if the NFL could show some consistency. And nothing says the NFL like consistency. Yeah, nothing says consistency like the NFL. So what I got here is I want your opinion on Jarrett Stidham. Uh, what we've seen so far, what do you think of him in college? Do you think he has a future with the team? Ooh, I guess me first. I guess for me, honestly, I'm, I'm always hesitant when it comes to like mid-round quarterbacks projecting them as your future just because the odds of them becoming your franchise quarterback are just so low. Like, But, I mean, at least from what we've seen, like at least Stidham in, like, in college, I guess it was 26. 17 yeah 2017 yeah yeah like he had a pretty good year there doing better and but I guess the the year after that some of his weapons left there and he just didn't have the greatest overall supporting cast which led them having a down year because like I want to say he was like in the first second round conversation for a senior yeah so I mean overall I mean I would if I had to guess I don't think he will be our franchise guy but he definitely should be in the conversation, at least if Cam leaves next off season, but still quite a long way to go until there. Right. Like that, like his showing in against KC wasn't great, obviously. And not like, not like Hoyer was, was good either. Like neither of them had a week of, of practice. It's like the Cam uh, positive test came in at such a bad time because it came in on a Saturday where they've already done their walkthroughs and whatnot. It's like they can't, get any sort of reps with the game plan before the game. So I, you really couldn't expect either Stidham or Hoyer to be good at all, no matter how good you think Stidham could be. It's just, I think it was a bad situation. And that's the one thing I was disappointed about. We didn't get to have this Monday game because I kind of wanted to see if they would put Stidham out there and how well he would do in the start. And I feel like that would tell us a lot more of what we at least have. Cause like you just said, assuming Cam leaves, it would be nice to know what you have there with Stidham before you go, or if you need to draft another quarterback or go after another veteran. It's like it, you'd like some, you'd like to know what's going on. I think we're all really pro Stidham. If I had to put us in a basket, we all like have this hopeful that he's somehow a steal in the fourth, and we've all been very. We, I, I say two all of us have spent money on a Stidham jersey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A, a few of us a couple months. ago, I say a few. Me a couple about a year ago hated Stidham, but now I've I've <laughs> I've I've turned the turned the page and like I really do hope the guy is is good. But like Jacob said, there hasn't been a week where we've been able to see him be the quarterback that is the plan is made for. So it, it sucks the Monday game didn't happen. 
because I actually thought that it was going to be the first time we'd be able to see Stidham not just thrown into a game like New York, Kansas City, and whatever. I just I'm more concerned about having the next guy because I don't because I personally don't think Cam Newton will be here long term. Like maybe they franchise tag him this year, but I don't feel like he would be the long term solution for a while. I'd rather have that guy as soon as possible, whether that's Stidham or if we draft another guy this offseason. Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> Shut up. Um, I just we you want to have the next guy and you want want him to be good. So I've been more rooting for that than per se Stidham, but. If we ha- if Stidham came proved to be a good, competent quarterback, that's a huge win. Are you one of those guys, Brandon, that like is in a certain place with Stidham, or are you just completely middle of the road? Like, do you do you like him? Do you love him? Or do you just think like, no, he's not going to make it? I would say I would say I like him just because I mean from what we from what we've seen when he played, like I guess mainly just last year's preseason, like he looked like pretty good, honestly. Like he looked like a guy who could at least. He, 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 well, he, I wouldn't say dominated, but he just played really well against like the preseason competition. Not everyone does that. And he eventually won the backup job as well, obviously, which kind of says something. But, you know, I'm still, I'm not going to go all out and say he's our future guy, but I think he deserves a good chance because I feel like this training camp specifically, like him getting injured didn't help at all, obviously, and lost that backup job initially. But hopefully next year he gets. What do you think the biggest need on the team is? Definitely somewhere in round seven. I think I've, I've, on, I've been clamoring for that for probably the last two, three years or so. Like they need to like invest like a first round pick in a defensive lineman or maybe even sign someone. I don't know, but definitely somewhere in the front seven just because they lack speed. They lack pure talent overall. And, you know, they are improving this year as we've gone along, but I just still feel like in general it's going to be a weakness as the season goes along, and we're going to be hoping for some Im- Im- improvements there next off season. It'd be nice if Bo Allen could at least touch a practice field. Mm-hmm. Has he? I don't think he's even been out there like at all. He's Is been there, there for like one mandatory stretch. I don't. I don't even remember that. It's just it. Where is this dude? He's still on pup. Like. I don't know what's going on there. And we and I, I agree with you, Brandon. I think front seven is definitely the number one need of this team before the trade deadline. Um, it's just, I don't know who we would specifically go after, but something should be done because we're a little weak at, at on the D line and linebacker because Bentley hasn't really done so well. We're missing, we're missing Hightower big time. Do you feel a need at linebacker or do you think that like they can just make it work with Duggar and, uh, Phillips and all those Phillips. guys and just doing the ATB pseudo linebacker thing? Or do you think that there's like actually, there's going to be a legit need for linebacker? I think they do need like, it would be nice for them to have another body in there. Like, I don't know. They don't need like a elite player or even like a high tier player. They just need like a nice serviceable, serviceable player. Like, um, Dante comes to mind, that's like a <laughs> Yeah, high tier. I mean, next year in his contract situation but i mean you do get josh uche back eventually too right hopefully that's what you hope for he's a second round pick what's that i am sort of i said who knows who knows if lover you know rookies in new england yeah who knows it's uh josh uche was a second round draft pick so he's you can already slot him into the bus category already (laughs) brandon do you think we're gonna go after a receiver like the majority of our 12-year-old fan base 
who's clamoring for AJ Green or Julio Jones or uh, sort of self jab right here, Antonio Brown. <laughs> I would, <laughs> I'd put it as like, I, I hope so. Like, if we could acquire, I don't know, like, I guess, yeah, the top names out there, like Julio, I don't know if I'd consider AJ Green top player right now, but I would love to see a move happen. But my gut feeling there is no, just because I don't know if the Sanu move last year would influence their decision at all and just the fact that acquiring a player mid-season isn't something like extremely common of them like to pay like a second rounder for example other than like Sanu last year but I feel like if we did acquire someone we're not going to see the best version of that player and it's part of me part of me has that feeling that they're okay with what they have maybe they think Gunner can become something decent and you know Myers can still even though he's probably a healthy scratch, he can still play if needed, and even their practice squad players too. Zuber and uh, I guess we have a couple on there now. Zuber, uh, Devin Ross. Devin Ross, yeah. yeah. Do you think that COVID will impact any kind of like trades this year? That's always that's been kind of like a fear of mine that a lot. Of, not, well, not so much a fear, but like a concern that I feel like a lot of teams aren't going to want to bring in more guys. I think I think that's a fair point. Obviously, I feel like even the like the cut down deadline there wasn't there wasn't much like action around that itself. Too, you know, players teams like to like know what they have. They don't have like preseason tape really of other players. So, I mean, yeah, the NFL trade deadline is usually pretty dull, anyways. But this year, I wouldn't. Yeah, it's kind of hard to see something like crazy big happening. But I guess you never know, right? It's always disappointing. Like, there's always there's so many rumors going around, and, and next to nothing happens. Uh, Brandon, do you think wide receiver is a need on the team? For sure, it's it's hard to say honestly because like you hope Kill Harry can like be a first round player, and if, and if he does, you know that diminishes it a bit. But I mean, still with like Edelman looking Edelman thirty four, I think now Bird only on a one year deal. Still don't fully know what you have in your younger players. It's still, in general, it's definitely still a big need. Probably more of an off-season thing they have to address, though. So what you're saying is you'd rather keep Gunnar Olszewski than go for Michael Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> hey, oh, God. Something wrong with Gunnar. You know, give him a yeah. chance. Maybe he'll, he'll be big. <laughs> Maybe the next Wes Walker, the- right? Yeah, take yeah. some uh, time off. Uh, of uh, you don't uh, let's see if someone can reach that. Yeah, we don't <laughs> want to go down that road right now. Uh, but speaking of Gunner, I think just just the fact that Edelman has taken a beat in and he's seems to be showing his age a little bit. I think Gunner could be could help take some some of the pressure off of Edelman at least for this year. If not, how many less snaps Edelman's playing per usual? What, like sixty percent in the last game or something right. wildly low like that. So maybe he can become a serviceable player. Yeah, so since we're talking about the trade deadline a little bit, Brandon, um, with the emergence of Michael Onwenu, do you think that the team could potentially trade away Joe Thune since he's a free agent in the offseason and get something better in return, maybe a second-round pick, third-round pick? That's what I was going to say. Like, I feel like it all comes down to compensation there. If someone offered them a second-rounder, right. I mean, you could argue they could take that. But if it's like a third-rounder, I would say, like, you know, you're probably going to get a third-rounder compensatory pick anyway exactly when he signed yeah yeah so yeah it all depends yeah if they get a second i i, I still would prefer to hold on to Tooney ideally for the rest of the year just in this and if we get a third rounder back for him like as a comp pick you know so be it i say you know but right 
That's yeah. I mean, his his emergence, especially in like the later rounds of the drafts, is just something you don't find every day. The Patriots seem to be really good at drafting those late offensive linemen, and I always liked him since I was a Michigan fan. I watched him pretty much every Saturday, so I was stoked when we drafted him. Knew we had an absolute stud. But um, another thing I want to touch on too is you mentioned the front seven. We've kind of had a breakout season with Chase Winovich. Do you think there's somebody moving forward in the second half of the season that needs to step up with a tougher schedule? Like someone in the front seven? Or just in or general, like a coach? Anywhere. Or, yeah, anywhere. Any- coaching staff, a player. I've always felt like Bentley was someone who had to take a big step forward. And, I mean, we've sort right. of seen that this year he's had is he's been pretty inconsistent this year. He's had some bad games. And he's had some, you know, okay games, nothing too bad. but. For sure, he's someone I would say who has to step up, and I would say the, the rookie tight ends as well. Hopefully, they can emerge eventually. I think I think Devin Asiat, yeah. as I say it, <laughs> I think he's someone that'll like probably maybe after like midseason he'll eventually start catching a few balls. But I just feel like it, it can't be that hard to beat out Ryan Izzo. So <laughs> you'd hope so, so. frustrating. Yeah. It's so frustrating. Not like I don't understand. Like what is that much better about Izzo? Than Asiasi, and why is Asiasi playing what eight snaps a game compared to Izzo's like eight ninety two percent of of the game? It, it's a huge I, red flag. It frustrates yeah, me every day to see that Dalton Keene isn't playing. Is that something <laughs> that you're kind of frustrated with as well? Like I, I feel like he's quite a utility knife back there, but they just seem to not play him. Yeah, for sure. You always you always want to see like your young players play in general. So right. I. I understand why they aren't playing. I like. I remember Belichick saying that it's a big adjustment period for those guys, like coming in and having a limited off. Especially tight ends, yeah. Yeah, and he always said that they they weren't like tasked with too much with with what they did in college, and obviously New England's very demanding out of their tight ends. So, but I mean, I don't know. It'd be cool just to see a Keen line up at fullback. They can just throw some quick stuff out of the backfield and such. Heard that right. <laughs> It's all good. It's all good. We went, when you think about it, it, we went from the best in Rob Gronkowski to virtually nothing. Yeah, arguably the worst in the league. We had Ben Watson last year, but he was also hurt for, I think, all year. And he was pretty much at the end of his career, too. It's just, we've gotten next to nothing from our tight ends for the last two years. And even Devin Asiasi, whenever I I hear his name, I think of one play against uh the Raiders when Cam Newton threw that pick he had Asiasi behind Burkhead and whoever was covering him wide open he had like he had like 60 yards like from like anybody it was crazy it was I never at the last time I seen someone that wide open was probably Chris Hogan against the Steelers it was just but but as Grant said he's played like no snaps I feel like I don't know if he's just not ready or they're just not asking him to do much. I don't know what the deal is, and I don't see the, I don't see what's great about having Izzo out there all the time. I certainly think they would have had a bigger role if there was actually a real training camp and rookie mini camp and a a, and a training camp games in general, right? Because now they have their only NFL experience is training camp, sort of training camp, whatever you want to call that, and then you're just thrust into games where you have no actual experience on an NFL team. So I, I certainly it's sort of the year which is holding them back. So you'd, you'd, you'd expect them to be even better than what, what they would be in year two. 
I don't know where I'm going with this, but hey, but mix that in with the fact that also rookies in New England are like history would say they aren't going to come in and produce day one. So you know, no, look at like Gronk in year two was a our like Gronk in year two was already like a lock for Canton. So Aussie Aussie better have a good yeah. year too. Only comparable <laughs> to Gronk, I guess. No. Yeah. Can I just say this? Uh, people get on Belichick for drafting, not being able to draft wide receivers. Have you actually looked at his tight ends? He, he he's drafted like two good tight ends in his career, which is which was Gronk and Hernandez, really. Like, or I mean, I guess Ben Watson was good. Yeah, Ben Watson's add that in there, but yeah, he was good. But besides that, he's re- when was the last time he drafted a tight end that stuck around for a while? Was that maybe Jacoby Hollister or Jacob Hollister? <laughs> Daniel Graham. Say again, Brandon. Uh, I couldn't hear that. Daniel Graham was another one that came to mind, but other than him, not really. And I would say they they probably haven't even had to draft that many tight ends, have they? Like, I can't really recall like er, like early round picks, anyways. Other than those four, there's really not many early round tight ends too that like pan out. Like when you look at all of the best tight ends, second, yeah, you're absolutely right. Undrafted, like I think Tony Gonzalez is the only one that I can think of. That is like one of those like upper tier tight ends we've seen in the last decade, two decades. That's been like a bona fide first round talent, and like I feel like you see this all the time. Hawkinson fan. I mean, the jury's still out, but they're not. George Kittle in the late rounds. Kittle, like yeah. I mean, if you can find that type of guy, yeah, why not draft late? There's no risk really. No, it's just Belichick has no idea what he's doing, and he should have taken Thad Moss. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, he would have solved all the problems at the position. Yeah, is he on a team right now? No, Practice I don't think he, I don't think he is. <laughs> He's on IR. Uh, is he? Because I think for who? Washington. Wash. Oh, I think I remember him signing there. Yeah, I remember him signing there. I just didn't know what happened. But uh, yeah, I, just, I thought he got cut, and then I don't remember. Yeah, I think he got cut before training camp, but then like reverted back to IR. All right, I want your opinion on Sony Michelle. <laughs> That is the most uh, divisive thing between all of us. It's Sony Michelle. Nothing splits this room more than Sony Michelle. I'm in the I'm in the mix that I'm not in general. I'm not too high on him, but I'm also nowhere near I, as yeah. uh, you know. Like I, the only reason like people hate him is just because he was a first round or hasn't fully lived up to that. But I mean, if right. we just if we just put that aside, he can still have a role in the NFL. He can still be a, like a, just a solid player. I would say, but. Hopes of him having like countless thousand yard seasons and whatever is probably gone, but absolutely. I the only reason I'm, I'm so hard on him is because he has the expectations of a first round pick. Um, I don't think he was worth the first round pick, but that doesn't mean he's not a good player. I think he's a he's a good little player, he's just, <laughs> he's just not, he's just not, very, he's not very special. He's not, a special but again, that's that. bringing up the, the thing is, do you still have these same expectations if he's taken like four picks lower and they take you one? Well, if he's taking 33, yeah, like what? Like, if your I, expectations drastically change from 32 to 33, <laughs> if you have the same pick, like. And how much uh, at of some point you got to give the dude credit? How much of the expectations based on Nick Chubb being what I think people thought he was going to be and being picked after him? That I think if Nick Chubb was taken first and then New England got him second, people are way easier on Sony than than what they have been. Like Jacob, you're never satisfied. Like if if <laughs> if Sony Michelle is putting up what Nick Chubb's doing now and still was taken at 32, you still wouldn't be happy because you, you need you need more of that. I'd be more than happy if he was doing what Chubb was doing right now. But uh, I would 
much rather have Chubb than Sony Michelle. I think we can, I think most people can agree with that, but uh, no, but you're kind of, you're right with the draft value thing. Cause like this, that's been my thing is like draft value is, can be overrated. Uh, if he was taken in like the, if Sony Michelle was taken in like the mid to low second round or even the third round, uh, there would be like, this would be what he's doing now. It would be perfect. Like if he was taken where Damien Harris was taken, like that's perfectly fine. Cause Damien, I mean, if you watch Damien Harris against the chiefs, it didn't look that much different. I get, I get uh Harris. That was his first ever game. So give him time, but he, it didn't look all that different. If you ask me. Harris, I thought Harris kind of did have, he, I feel like he has an extra gear to him, though, especially on like that 40 yard run. I feel like I could see a little difference in the run there, but I think he, I think he's also just more of a physical runner too. A lot on a few instances, I thought he ran pretty hard and gained a couple extra yards. He probably couldn't have, but, but yeah, honestly for the first game, like he ran for a hundred yards, but it kind of didn't feel like a hundred yard game. Right. I felt like a 60 yard game or something like that. Maybe. I agree. There were a few times he could have bounced outside and he didn't. Uh, it's just, again, first ever game, really, uh, besides maybe some garbage time last year, if I recall. I don't remember. No, he, he's part of the, the LeGarrette Blunt philosophy where you'll just run up the middle for three to four yards every single time then bounce up for a 60-yarder once every three weeks. And then only get goal line carries. Yes. <laughs> All right. So the, the final thing I have for you, it's not Pats related, Brandon, but you are a Josh Allen hater. Yep. That's undeniable. Started, I've seen it. Growing a bit, but yep, continue. What was that? <laughs> What'd no, you say? Just, it, he, is growing, he has grown a bit on me, but you can continue your question. My, my, I just, my question is, do you care to apologize for Josh <laughs> Allen? Because, I mean, this guy is going to win an MVP, and there's receipts of you saying that he's not an NFL quarterback, uh, something close to that. I don't know. I, I could find it if I, if I took the time. But I, I can yeah. admit that, I admit, but you know, I still, I still want to see how he can perform like against the bet, the good teams, and when it comes like come like December games, January games, and all that. But like, yeah, for sure, he's looked really good this year. He's probably been top five. <laughs> you know, he's and certainly maybe, a top five quarterback on his team. <laughs> we can give him that. Uh, but, I, I'm not sold on him yet. You know, I'm st- I still want to see more than four games. So. Tonight's a good test for him too against Tennessee. Yeah, if, and as long as he doesn't get COVID, so that would be a nightmare. <laughs> oh my god, that that would hurt Grant more than Cam. <laughs> no, 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 that would not. Don't get it. Don't get it twisted. I hope. I hope he plays like he has every single time against the New England defense because that's what that's what will happen every time he does play the New England defense. He's due for uh, a forty-five percent completion, forty-five percent comp rate, and then like two picks. If he does to our defense as like what Russell Wilson did, then yeah, he'll gain a ton of respect from me. Me as well. Yeah. From you? <laughs> you? How much more respect can you get from? <laughs> yeah, honestly. <laughs> but Jacob, is he living up to the expectation of a first-round quarterback? Look at who else is in that draft class. Yes, he is. He's. <laughs> That's a good point, Grant. Um, he's definitely, I think he's definitely the best quarterback in that draft class. I still am holding out hope for, uh, Donald and Jones though. Cause I mean, because for, for, if Adam Gase hasn't completely ruined Donald by now, like I would like to see him with another, uh, coach and even Daniel Jones, he doesn't really have a great team around him. He's, I like Daniel Jones. I think he's like, he's a pretty good quarterback. He's just got a 
hell of a turnover issue. And that team overall is just not that good. So and it's just, I, I'm not, I'm holding out hope for both of them, but uh, I think Josh Allen is the better, is definitely the best one. Brandon, a question for you I just came up with was, would you like to see the Patriots uh, maybe pursue a, tw- a trade for either like a, uh, Dwayne Haskins or Sam Donald? Well, I feel like for sure Arnold wouldn't even be an option just because Jets and all that. I don't think they would dare to trade him here. But um, I, I wasn't a hat. Hey, you never know. They trade a Belichick to us, but I would. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> I've never been a big Haskins guy when he came out of that draft class, but I mean, I guess it all comes down to price, right? So I don't know. Like we saw Rosen, how bad he was his rookie year. He got traded for a second or, yeah, second rounder. People are saying Darnold will go for a second. I don't know. Like, would you guys trade a second or a third for Haskins? No, no. I think you you top that out at like a fifth round pick. I don't think Haskins yeah. is, is anything. You know, if great. we had if we had Jake in here, he would tell you that oh. he would trade a first. But that's that's like he, he said today. He would he said he would trade Joe Tooney for this dude. <laughs> yeah, he said straight up Joe Tooney for Haskins. But that's the still Ohio State fans. So. Stay away. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate appreciate it, Brandon. You're our first guest, so I mean, you yeah. should feel really, really honored about that. <laughs> That's a good feeling. You guys have been doing this for a while too, haven't you? Yeah, it's like right year. over a year. Yeah. Over yeah. a year, yeah. So far, oh, thank you for the time, Brandon. We really appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate it. Guys, try to do it again, maybe. Absolutely. See you, Brandon. Yeah. All right. Do we want to do winners and losers? Yeah. Let's do it. How do we want to order this? I can Ethan, go when are you going to go? I mean, I can go now. I'll go after you. Okay. I'll go after Grant. My winner... Oh, I didn't think of a second loser. But anyway, my winner is Howard Katz, who is the NFL president of scheduling. And <laughs> the job that he did after getting rid of the Broncos-Pats game is absolutely insane. I don't know how you even knew who that was. I looked it up. Yeah, um, definitely a Google search. There's no way. I don't like, sure. I'm I'm a big NFL guy. There's no way I, I should know who that is. Um, <laughs> His family but, knows who he is. That's it. Yeah, I'm, I'm close with the Katzes. Um, but the job that he, what I don't even know, he rescheduled like eight games. Some of them had nothing to do with any team that tested positive for Corona. That's absurd too. So what he did was fantastic. Um, for the pa- Patriots, all he did was just push a game back. Um, but good job to Howard Katz. So round of applause for Howard Katz for doing his job to the best of his ability. Um, my loser is the Atlanta Falcons for, uh, per usual every single week. Um, you should exclude them too. just like the Jets. They fired their head coach. <laughs> they fired their GM, former Patriot. Tom should be a um, <laughs> um, it sort of ties into my second lose that I just came out with, but um, they they could they who they play again the Panthers they couldn't have lost to Carolina right <laughs> they couldn't have lost to the Panthers uh, so they play Tampa Bay next week right they play, there's no way no way they're, way they're the beating them they they are playing a team <gasps> with a Minnesota they play Minnesota they play the Vikings oh my God Alexander Madison is going to be such a start next week against that awful run defense. The, there's no way they should lose to the Vikings, right? They're going to the the, the Falcons are. Get, I'm I'm calling right here. The Falcons are getting Trevor Lawrence. That's my prediction. 
Stop. 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 Right. Trevor Lawrence. You know what? That you know what? That perfectly goes into my winner. My <laughs> winner is the Atlanta Falcons because they fired. <laughs> they that was a dead serious. That's what I had. That's why I want to go. I called that. What his loser was going to be? His winner. They're they're a winner for finally firing Thomas uh, Dimitrov and Dan Quinn. It's a long time coming. They finally did it. That's one step in the right direction. Should have been Atlanta. done four years ago. Oh my god! It should have been done a long time ago. Should have been done a while ago. But I think it's he's twenty four and twenty nine since the Super Bowl in uh, a record. They're the only team to blow um, a fifteen point or fifteen plus point lead twice in a season. They did it in back to back weeks. Uh, yeah. So big winner there. I think that that team is going to be the most attractive offer when it comes to um, head coaching hires this season. You look at uh, what's the guy Eric Eric Benemy is that his name in uh, Kansas City their offensive coordinator Benemy something like that. Yeah, I mean I, I'm pretty sure I'm right about that. But I think Greg Roman. Greg you Roman attached Josh McDaniels to the conversation. I don't want to attach Josh McDaniels to that conversation. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Josh McDaniels is never leaving. It. He can be the coach yeah. for 15 minutes and then just come back because he gets cold feet. I'm sure he's up the- here's oh. Here's the thing, though, about the Falcons and Trevor Lawrence. Like, I know you kind of said that tongue-in-cheek, but I, I I know some Falcons fans that are saying that. And if Trevor Lawrence could be as good as Matt, Matt Ryan, that is what – that's, like, what you would expect of him. So uh, he's not the answer. You're not going to go draft the quarterback. It's going to be better than Matt Ryan. So that makes absolutely no sense. Well, how but, old is hey, Matt Ryan? Old enough. Old enough. 33 if I together. I'd say he's 32. Uh, he's going to be a Patriot by next season. <laughs> yeah, he'll be on next Him and Julio back. Jones are going to be throwing touchdowns in New England. He's 35. Wow. Okay, he's way older than I thought he was. Yeah, so that's Same that's way. the only thing. I don't know I don't know what his contract looks like, but he uh it may it may be the move if again, if it's if you can bet on Lawrence being better and that that may be the move. I don't think you can. Here, you can't. And he, but here's the thing, that. like I was saying, that's, that's going to be an, just <laughs> He's a freak. It's it's going to be an attractive mm-hmm. job offer because there's you don't see a lot of teams that fire their head coach that have pieces like Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Calvin, Calvin Ridley, Ridley. Uh, Todd Gurley. Depending on what they end up doing with him, yeah. probably not. Uh, uh, Deion Jones. There's a lot of guys. AJ Terrell. A lot of guys there. First that, round pick Hayden Hurst, who the Falcons believed in a, more than Lamar a, Jackson. A, a, Just saying. a bazillion first round picks on that team. Yeah, that yeah, okay. Oh, Jacob, you know, you you love draft value. You should just use the entire Atlanta Falcons as an example of why <sighs> people should not bank on first round picks because that is an 0 and 5 team that that entire offense, Hayden Hurst, they had Laquan Treadwell, he's gone. Julio, Calvin Ridley, Matt Ryan, Todd Gurley, all first. I like I'd rather have a noon wide in the 6th round. Thank you. <laughs> a noon wide. <laughs> but uh see I wonder like they fired the GM. I wonder if they're going to I wonder if they would think of blowing it up. And starting over with a new I just GM. can't see it you know? happening because there's, there's just too much talent. Right. I, I agree with you there, but I just wonder if they would consider that. Because, I mean, if they weren't, you would think they'd keep their GM. You know what I mean? Well, I yeah. Maybe they just want a complete shakeup and they want to, like, strip it down to a T. But you're not getting rid of Julio. You're not getting rid of Matt Ryan. You're certainly not getting rid of Deion Jones. Like, those are guys that it's not like – they're not working here. Like they play well, they just lose. You know, like it's weird. <laughs> it's unreal. It's, I don't know how they it, do it. It's it's the best worst team I've ever seen. And every week we're just sitting here trying to discuss them. But I I just like I truly don't understand the Falcons. In the previous years, they even put up good numbers, and then but they missed the playoffs. It's like I don't understand. It's so weird. And then they still lose games when they put up like forty points. It's like unreal. Anyways, you're losing. It, it's ridiculous. Uh, yeah, I have two losers. 
Hold on. I'm just you can cut this, but I'm trying to find the the thing, the key piece. Yeah, the loser's gonna be Jacob trying to cut through this. <laughs> Sorry. Grant's looking like a, well, a, a loser right now. Play the Jeopardy music. Maybe maybe ten seconds. I'm just trying to compare this. It'll it'll all be worth it in the end. All right, here we go. Here we go. Got it. Got it. Got it. So my loser is AJ Green. You know, people have been talking about him a lot. He has uh, 14 receptions, 119 yards on a $17 million deal. Uh, that's compared to, you know, Nikhil Harry, who is not even anywhere near paid that with 18 receptions, 166 yards. <laughs> and I mean, people have been talking about like trading for this guy, but that is the worst deal in the NFL right now. AJ Green, I'll, I'll be, he is not good. He, he is. He is borderline sucked this year. Like he is, he is not good. He has mailed it in. Watch that uh, Joe Burrow interception. He just watches oh, it over his awful. head, and then he just turns into the lead. He quits. He turns into the lead blocker. He quit. He's quit on the Bengals, and I don't blame him. It's the Bengals. But people are like, "Oh, like we should get, uh, we should get AJ Green. Like we should trade for this guy, dude." Literally, Nikhil Harry's playing better right now. There is absolutely no need to go spend seventeen million dollars on that deal for fourteen games left in the year for the pats like i agree ugh. i agree with you there like, so uh, that's, not, that's not a good that's not a good like that's not a good draw to have yeah. to want a guy who's just quitting on a team like that so my there's better wide receivers out there uh, yeah i agree hell michael gallup i'd rather have him dude there's a Obviously, did you watch the end of the cowboys game <laughs> it was unreal so of course i had andy it. dalton is back baby <laughs> Oh, yeah. Was he ever here? Four picks against <laughs> on. So my winner is the Raiders. They uh two and two team, I think, and they it was a must win against the borderline the best team in the league. And they got it done. And they beat him by was it just one score or two? I forget. But they were, they, they were up. They like made it close. They made it close, but it was a but you could tell they, they won that ball game. Like they were just they were the better team in the second half. So that's my winner. My loser is the Vikings for that idiotic decision to go for it on fourth and one at the end of the game. When you could have I don't know why you would do that against Russell Wilson. When you could have kicked a field goal and make it an eight point game. So at literally worse, you could they could have gone to overtime. Instead they go for it, they don't make it. Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf go all the way down the field and score and beat you. So you're a moron. All right, so for my winners and losers, I'm going to go with a winner on a personal note, Alex Smith. I mean, I thought it was great to Good see one. him back out there. That's a two great years, winner. Two years after just an awful injury, like almost looked life-altering, like his career was over. And honestly, he was one of my favorite quarterbacks even now. Before he got hurt, I, I really liked him. He was one hell of a back, especially on Kansas City there. But it, it was also awful to see what happened to Dak Prescott, especially on the same day where – you get Alex Smith back, and then Dak Prescott has a similar injury. But nonetheless, even though Smith lost, like he he still got back out there, and it was great to see his family in the stands being able to watch him play. play. I wish there could have been just a great like perseverance. Right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I wish that the all of just the awesome to even fans could have been there to just like cheer him on. But it, with like, us, it was it's one of those things that you don't see. You don't see those moments very often where a guy suffers a career-ending injury, what it looks like to be, and comes back and I legit just is able to even put pressure on the like, leg. Right, like as that's that's right. It's like Kevin Ware. Not to like sit here and compare injuries because I hate when people do that. But Gordon Hayward, what we're saying, it's like Hayward. Uh, but but it's like Joe Theismann and Kevin Ware have always been like those are like the 
the just the upper Kevin Ware is a whole other awful. There is nothing worse than Kevin Ware. Kevin Ware's yeah. for a visual. I don't know about like painting. I'm not, like I'm not right, right. I'm not, for I, again, a visual I'm not, viewer, a fan watching Kevin Ware is the most disgusting injury of all time. There is nothing worse than that, unless some dude getting decapitated, which I haven't seen yet. But it's probably in the Middle Eastern soccer league. Some dude. Whatever. Kevin Ware's injury is... I got a better one for you. ...is by far ridiculous. It's just a... Now, I got a... I'm going to cut this out, but I got a screwed up video of some guy who was live streaming oh, on, on, yeah, on Facebook. Wait, I think I know what this is. Is this who, like, shoots himself in the face? Yeah. And, like, yep. his head melts? Oh, it's just, it's awful. I've seen that video. It was horrifying. That used to go all over TikTok, I guess. I didn't know yeah. that. Jacob, I saw you, it on TikTok. Have you, the, have you ran the gauntlet, Jacob? No, I have not, but I've... I mean, you, you you definitely know what I'm talking about. I know you what you're talking about, and I've never really wanted to do it. <laughs> I've done it. It's terrible. It's just... What is it? It's bad. So it's like the 20 worst videos on the internet. Oh, We've God. just fucking hijacked Matt's winners and losers. I'm sorry. But <laughs> it's, it's all good. No it's like the 20 it. worst videos it. on the I'll internet. I'll cut it all out. Don't worry. It's the 20 worst videos on the internet, and it's like oh, yeah. just... It progressively gets worse, and you can't skip until the video's over. You should, you should Google it. It's just the gauntlet. Like, run the gauntlet. Uh, so all right, Matt, continue Continue with your loser. Yeah, so for my loser, I'm going to go with the uh, – just more specifically New York football in general. <laughs> um, I saw a thing today that the last home team to win a game at MetLife Stadium was an XFL team. As long as that's been discontinued, that's pretty pathetic. Um, both teams are – what are they, 0-5 now? And, like, their quarterbacks that have been drafted high just look like they have zero potential. And, I mean, they can't even treat their good players properly. Like, they wasted Le'Veon. Not that Le'Veon was overly great when he got to New York, but they threw big money at him, and that never panned out. It's probably not going to pan out. He's probably going to be traded. And Saquon Barkley, obviously injuries are there, but Odell Beckham, like, you look at all these star players that they had at one point, and now they're gone. There's, like, no future for New York football. See, Le'Veon Bell, I, I, it's unreal. He declined the off, offer from Pittsburgh, went and got less money from the Jets, and now he's just his career is just rotting away with injuries and just he's just not playing up to Le'Veon Bell standards since he's got a New York because it's New York, like Matt just said. It's just what a moron. He just put a, took a whole year off. And now he's just he's pay, he's paying the price. His career has never been the same since. Everyone in this podcast yeah. right now, and everyone that's listening to this episode, has the same amount of touchdowns this year as Le'Veon Bell. There Unless Jacob Johnson is listening to this, in which Jacob Johnson has more touchdowns than Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> it's unreal, dude. So. It's that Giants boat pick. That was what did it in for him. that twenty sixteen. Yeah, before the the Packers playoff game, right? Unbelievable. They've lit- that like that was their twenty three. They've never been and, the same. And the Jets have never been the same since Mark Sanchez ran up his lineman's ass. They made two two straight AFC championships in twenty ten and twenty eleven. The the Jets or twenty nine uh, uh, two thousand nine two thousand ten. Well, that year that they t- they beat us in the divisional round, didn't they? Or that was was that the year? that was twenty eleven? Yeah, they upset or, us. That was twenty ten. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. The one thing the Jets have had in the last couple of years is that 2015 Fitzpatrick season when they went 10 and 6. The and only reason they, they won they the game the is because uh, Matthew Slayer just didn't call the, the coin toss correctly. Yeah. No, it was because Butler that. gave up a touchdown to Nunois in the end zone. No, I thought it was Decker. 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 Yeah, it was Decker. Yeah. Brutal. 
Alright, I think that's all I got. That's all I got. Yeah. Oh, other, Sam Darnold, Dwayne Haskins, both losers. Daniel Jones, all first-round picks. All suck. They're terrible. I don't want to hear about Stidham. So. If you think Stidham's not going to be good because Stidham's he's not probably going to be the best one to come at that point. <laughs> to, that, to that one person who told us that it, Stidham's, <laughs> not, Stidham's not good because he wasn't a first-round pick, you should stop watching football. Thank you. With my girlfriend, but to be honest, I think that's alright. Cause time keeps rolling and I'm just making songs. I'm doing my best, still find myself stressed. And I'm no longer sure.